Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lanson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome into another edition of Sox on Tap. It is Tony Marchese tonight, joined by NWI Steve, and we're talking about a beatdown of the Chicago White Sox at the hands of the Baltimore Orioles. Didn't think we'd be talking about this exactly, but uh, it was a sad one tonight. If you're a little sad, I'm a little sad. I'm sure Steve's a little sad. He looks a little sad right now. Uh, Steve, how are you feeling, man? If the sad describe it, or do we? Is it deeper than that? You know, I, Anthony, I honestly, I wouldn't even say it's really sad. I mean, sometimes in baseball, you just get got, and tonight was one of those nights. Um, Orioles played a, a clean, crisp baseball game. It's hard to score when you don't win, or hard hard to win when you don't score. I should say hard hard to score when you don't win. That's that's a, that's a new one. I, I will I will definitely agree. we're off it's to hard. a great start. It's hard to score when you don't win. That's we're going to rename the show on the fly here, uh, Steve. Uh, it, first time the Sox have been shut out at home by the Baltimore Orioles since uh, you know the the last championship that you and I saw the White Sox win. That was back in two thousand and four when they did that. So uh, arguably a bad loss historically for the Chicago White Sox. You know, I'm going to get into some initial thoughts, but before I do, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com and checking out our White Sox section over there, keeping you up to date with all of the Chicago White Sox news. Uh, Steve, I believe you had a nice article about a call up today, uh, Mr. Lennon Sosa. And, uh, you know, you can go get more NWI Steve over there at ontapsportsnet.com. So you should go check that out. Follow us on Twitter at Socks on Tap. We'll post all the articles there for you. You can follow along when we're going live. Steve, initial thoughts on this ball game. Baltimore's defense just looked absolutely phenomenal tonight. Just, it, it, I was somewhat jealous of their outfield defense, what they were able to accomplish. And my second initial thought to this one was, you know, you heard Tony LaRusso say that Luis Robert has a case of the ouchies. Uh, this one hurts, and it really hurt not having Luis Robert in the lineup tonight and in center field. Uh, I'm going to get into some Larry Garcia play uh, tonight out there in uh, in center field. Steve, what do you got for some initial takes on this ball game? You know, the the biggest takeaway from this tonight, Dean Kramer threw the ball very well for the Baltimore Orioles. Had a really sharp cutter that was, was biting pretty hard, and Sox was – you know, weren't able to, to do much with it. They had a couple of balls that they hit hard. Um, and, you know, ultimately two situations there where they had runners on second base, less than two outs. And in typical 2022 White Sox fashion, don't do anything with it. And then you have some other balls that you hit hard to the warning track that just die. And like you said, Anthony, the Orioles outfield defense tonight was outstanding. Cedric Mullins in center field made a couple of outstanding 
uh, ranging plays, covering a shit ton of ground out there. Anthony Santander made it, made another play out in left field. And then um, Hayes over in right field made a great diving catch on Jake Berger right there that really helped to um, kill a potential rally that could have gotten going there. So sometimes you just got to tip your cap. Orioles played a really good baseball game tonight. That happens. That they did, Steve. They did play a really good baseball game tonight. Let's get into some news uh, with the White Sox that transpired before this game. Obviously, Danny Mendick injured in last night's ball game uh, or yesterday's ball game, I should say. And then uh, Adam Engel comes out of that one. Uh, both those guys wind up on the IL. Steve, you want to talk about who has replaced them? Yeah. So obviously, your baby boy, Gavin Sheets. Making the return here to the corner, very of happy to see that. Very so happy. He he was inspired, and he went out there and he hit a double for you here tonight. So you have to be a proud papa with that. And then in the probably most surprising move, hence I had to wear my Birmingham Baron shirt tonight in honor of his call up, Mister Lenin Sosa, getting the call straight from Double A Birmingham, where he was raking down there in the Southern League, where White Sox positional prospects usually go to die. Um, you know, in the column that I wrote earlier today, kind of broke down some of his offensive numbers that he's had as a 22-year-old in the Southern League, which is a very pitching-dominant league. And you can also look at some of the comparisons between him and a couple of highly touted Sox prospects of recent vintage in Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. And Sosa's numbers actually fare very comparable to those two guys right there. So there's some significant optimism with adding him into the fold here. It's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts making the jump and skipping triple a completely. So I think we may need to temper our enthusiasm a little bit, but this is a guy that showed that being able to hit in that ballpark in that league, there's something there. Steve, do you think that uh, this is just something that's crept into my mind as a white Sox fan, you know, the Sox have some positional needs. Uh, You know, obviously he's a middle infielder. Uh, that is an area where the Sox need something, uh, but there's also a back end of a bullpen that is in desperate need right now of some help as well. Do you think this call up kind of reeks as potential trade showcase, or is he actually someone that's going to stick with this White Sox team should the worst be assumed for the rest of this middle infield and be a potential Rick Hahn solution. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are here. Is he trade bait or is he the real deal? You know, it's really hard to say on that. And I know that there's a little bit of a cop out to make right there, but this is a guy that if he continues the progression that he has shown this year as a 22 year old could be a long-term solution potentially at second base. And that has been a black hole for this team for well, for about a decade now, if we're being completely honest with ourselves here. So you have to be intrigued by what he can bring to the position. And the fact that he was able to hit 14 home runs in half a season in double a Birmingham providing some power at that position would be very important. And we've seen, the most telling graphic from this ballgame today that has really surmised the issues that this team has had so far this season. They've been out homered 46 to 30 in their home ballpark. That's a problem. Okay. I've said it once, I've said it 27,000 times. In the year of our Lord 2022, ball go far, team go far. When you are getting out homered significantly in a home run hitting ballpark, 
bad things are going to happen to you. Sox had nine hits tonight, five singles, four doubles. You're not going to win very many baseball games when that happens. So Sosa being a guy that could potentially provide some pop down the lower third of the lineup at the second base position primarily, there's significant value to that. At the same time, to your point, there are obvious needs that this team has to address if they do believe that they're a contender. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm, I have real doubts right now that this ship is going to be right. Um, we just, we keep seeing this happen over and over again. You keep having hope that, you know, maybe this team is going to be fully assembled at some point, And then Danny Mendick goes down and you lose him for the year, and he was providing you with a little bit of a spark. And then Josh Harrison gets hit on the back elbow today with, with a pitch. So they are just so snake-bitten that it's very hard to believe that this thing is going to get to a point where they're going to be in a position to make this matter. And, you know, they're four, they're four and a half games out. They're five games back in the lost column of Cleveland. I just I have a really hard time envisioning a scenario where you can trade someone like Lennon Sosa for a bullpen piece this season, because I just don't see it. And I, I let you go a little long there. Cause I knew you were going to, you're going to get into the whole grand scenario of, of what's going on with the white Sox team right now. And, and yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some, some holes that need to be filled. Uh, there's also guys on the roster that need to step up and, and play better ball games. Now, I also heard you say here tonight, Steve, sometimes you got to tip your cap to a team that's that's going to beat you. I don't think this series with the Baltimore Orioles is over. This is a really unfortunate one to lose. I'm not going to get in too much of play-by-play action here, but there's a few things that stood out to me tonight. A few things that stood out to me tonight. One is the Gavin Sheets send. Let's talk about that just real quick here. It feels to me that... Guys are getting gunned down at home plate just way too often for the Chicago White Sox. Because they are. They lead the lead. Why is that happening? Why is that happening? Is it bad sends? Are they too aggressive? It's kind of like go back and forth on this. I think it's largely bad sends. And I think a lot of these sends that are happening are guys, the lower third of the lineup, and particularly guys that don't have – great speed in a lot of circumstances. I know Larry got thrown out in, in one case, but you're seeing a lot of guys you're seeing, you know, Gavin sheets, Andrew Vaughn, um, Yasmani Grandal, just guys that are not fleet afoot. And I think it's Joe McEwing trying to be too aggressive, knowing that this team is struggling to put runs on the board. So he's trying to force the action in a lot of these circumstances but at the end of the day, you have to know your personnel and you have to know and realize that and people can make all these comments all they want say, oh, it took a perfect throw to get him. That didn't really take a perfect throw to get Gavin Sheets in that circumstance, because if you look at the freeze frame, he was out by a mile. And that has happened far too often this season here. So it's a combination of just bad sends and ultimately Joe McEwing trying to be too aggressive because this team isn't scoring runs consistently. So just to dig in on that, I mean, what do you do to change that? I mean, it didn't take a really great throw to beat Gavin Sheets. 
You haven't even you fired with- Joe McEwing. That's what you do. Yeah, so you're on the fire Joe McEwing camp. <laughs> I don't know what else. I don't know what else you do at this point. I mean, again, they lead the league in <laughs> runners thrown out on on the on the bases. This is happening just too damn often. It feels it feels alarming. But then I can also get behind the sense of you want to be an aggressive team. You want to test the outfielder's arm. But you have to be aggressive with the right personnel. Gavin Sheets is not the guy to do that. No, with. he's not. Yes, I, I, I didn't is even not the guy. I did not even think that Gavin Sheets was going to be rounding third base on that hit. Um, you know, even though Gavin Sheets is in scoring position, like you could sit here and say. Gavin Sheets is in scoring position. He should be able to score on that ball. I, I'm just not buying it, Steve. I, I'm, I'm I'm really not buying it. That was a huge, uh, uh, like pain point in this game to me today because you score a run there, it might change the uh, course of this ball game. Right. Second thing that that kind of grinded my gears in this loss, and Steve Stone hinted it on the broadcast numerous times. How shallow Larry Garcia was playing center field tonight. Isn't that also a Joe McEwing thing? Or is maybe he's just the infield coach, I correct? Think that's what, I think didn't that's Lance a... Lynn get into the whole tussle with, with Joe McEwing over positioning? Yeah, I believe. There's a couple times where I felt like Larry Garcia was just criminally out of position. I believe Daryl Boston oh, is the one that is in charge of the outfield positioning right there. Does so. Lance Lynn need to go light him up too and talk about what kind of steak cuts better? Because <laughs> holy moly, was that that? Look, I've been talking about this all year. This is a dumb baseball team from top to bottom. That includes your boy Tony LaRusso. Okay. It includes Tony LaRusso. It includes Joe McEwen. It includes Daryl Boston. They're a dumb fucking organization. Period. Paragraph. I won't, and it's on I dis- won't stand and it's on by display that, almost nightly. I won't, I won't stand by that, Steve. You can't, you can't just go call them all out. There's individual mistakes. Who, that who, take who place is immune to this? Who, who doesn't deserve, who doesn't deserve to be called out? I think it goes, it, I mean, it goes all the way up to the top, man. And, and you know that as well as I do, but it also starts with an onus on the players on the field. If you're Lurie Garcia and you really think that you're going to go back and get that, this is the number four. Oh, no, and all, and all agree. This Listen, is the number, Larry, this is the, Larry has shown on numerous occasions this year. He's a dumb fucking baseball player. Oh, this is a Lurie slander-free zone. We're going to have to not, put no, this it's, under, no, it's not. Not when I'm is, on the broadcast, baby. We're going to have to put here. this under Jonathan Nani review, uh, review the tape and make sure that you just didn't violate company policy. Uh, Lurie-free, uh, Lurie slander-free zone. Uh, but no, I, I guess maybe I started the Lurie slander. Maybe he's, he's going to get mad at it's both of us here. It's slander if it's true. Ooh, that's, that's, I guess, you know, facts only. You're a big facts only guy. Steve, I just don't understand. It's a number four hitter up. If you're a baseball player, you should be paying attention and knowing Nobody this understands guy. it. You know, I try and instill this when I'm coaching little league stuff. Know where you're at in the order. Know what the, you know, you, you see the bigger kid come up, move back a few steps. This is, this is criminal to me that Lurie was playing in like that. And he got burned not once, but multiple times. On routes to baseballs in the outfield. And that's where I said earlier in this broadcast, having Luis Robert out with the quote-unquote ouchies ain't fucking doing it for me. It ain't. It's not. It's it's just not doing it for me. I, I, I don't know, Steve. The ouchies 
it's, all, it's almost as if you know that there's, there's just some of the training rough. methods that that are going on with this team and maybe some of the things that the individual players are or are not doing on a daily basis to make sure their body is taken care of make sure that they are pre- prepared to play a baseball game but on a so that's basis. where I stopped the whole thing because you talk about some of this stuff, and I'm pretty sure NBC came out with some sort of podcast. Chuck Garfine was probably on it and talking to Rick Hahn or somebody in the training staff. And they know that since Herm Schneider left, they know that this is an injury thing and they're working on it. And it might take a couple of years to really flush out the processes. And it's a how good this- you know, it, it almost makes you wonder if maybe this is an on-tap investigate situation. It could be an on-tap investigate situation. So, you know, they're, they're investigating why these things are happening, the recovery times. You see the social media account come out there and, and give a quote from, I, I don't know if it was Han exactly, so I'm not going to say that it was, but there was a quote somewhere during, I, I, I think it was Eloy's injury on the knee, that this is the same exact procedure that – you know, multiple other members of the White Sox organization, including Yasmani Grandal, have been through. It, it, it's some, it just it, it fucking reeks, Steve. It reeks in here. You can smell the shit. I can smell the shit. I don't know why this is just. It's, it's still reeking. And there's been nothing done about it. I think that's the most frustrating thing because some of these losses that start to add up, like today I would say that if Luis Robert was playing this baseball game, the White Sox probably had a way better chance at winning because some of these balls don't fucking have terrible routes taken to them in center field. And instead you've got a guy who's got the ouchies and Steve Stone goes on. I think it was Mullion Hawk this morning talking about how he wants to see guys like Luis Robert hustle more. And so if you're Tony LaRusso, yeah, you take him out of the ballgame. If you can't run to first base, you shouldn't be in the baseball game. These are your stars. These are your stars who aren't hustling because they've got the ouchies. When did we get here? When did we get to the point, Steve, and maybe I'm going on my mad online rant now. When did we get to the point where – the bullpen guy, like you hear it on every single broadcast, it's drilled into your head, and maybe I have just forgotten the past. But if you take me back to like 2003, 2004, 2005, was Hawk Harrelson talking about how Ozzie Geden couldn't go to so and so because they pitched yesterday and the day before? Because I don't fucking remember that. I just remember guys that showed up and got the job done. When did we get ourselves to this point where? Kendall Graveman can't throw back-to-back days. Now, I know that, we, that you know, follow the science. You, you get to this point now and you know, like, his arm is not going to hold up in October because he can't get this done. But if we're going to get well, this right, he ain't going to be worried about his arm holding up in October. Yeah, no, that, and that's, that's fair. I know you're going to take that shot. But you know where I'm going with this. We're not going to get there, though, if you don't have the guys t- to do that. And are the IL stints right now? I'm not. I'm going to exclude Danny Mendick tearing the ACL and all this other stuff. But you're seeing guys going down with nagging injuries. You're seeing guys not going uh, as as much as I felt like they went in the bullpen. You're a big Neil Cotts guy. This team needs a Neil Cotts. Like, we, where are we? 
because okay. I don't know if I'm supposed to be frustrated at the guys because they're not in. I don't know if I'm supposed to be frustrated at management because they're not throwing these guys in the bullpen. There's sides to every story and there's stats to back it up everywhere. Where are we? The great Hawk Harrelson used to say that the best way to protect your bullpen was with your starters. You have a starting rotation that consistently struggles to cover 18 outs. When Lucas Giolito for the last five starts is struggling to give you 15 outs, that's a problem. When you had Dallas Keuchel in this rotation whining and bitching every five days and struggling to cover 12 outs, problem. So, and, you know, you mix in the Vince Velasquez experience every once in a while. This has been a problem with this team this season, particularly early on, the fact that the starters were not providing enough length. And ultimately, that is the type of thing that will wear a bullpen down. And I talked about this in late April and said, this is something to keep your eye on. Because by July, August, this bullpen could be completely worn out. It looks like it might be happening sooner than that. Because you just don't have starters that are consistently going deep enough into games. I saw a stat earlier tonight. The Sox have 18 quality starts this season. You know who leads the team in quality starts? Johnny Cueto. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with five. And that's unbelievable to me it's embarrassing is what it is he's not even one of the guys that started this season with the chicago white Sox. he's not even one of the guys that you would look at and 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 probably go out there and publicly defend online as a white Sox fan who you've sat through this rebuild with that's that's a huge fucking problem so Mm -hmm. you want me to get on the man online you know bandwagon here Let's do it after a 4 nothing loss to the Baltimore Orioles, and let's pour it on here, Steve. This shit bothers me. Day in, day out, it's embarrassing. I, 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 You come into this series, and you're sitting there thinking, wow, you just took two out of three uh, from Toronto. And, and yeah, the, the momentum is only as good as, as the last game. And the last game was pretty fucking embarrassing, and they continued that on tonight. <sighs> Is it a result of the injuries? Is it a result of the latest loss? Is it a result of, you know, Cueto looks fine. Your offense didn't show up today. It's it's yeah. one thing or the other that's going to go bite this team in the ass, it feels like, right now. I, I just don't understand where some of these guys are, and I don't know where to point the blame because I, I genuinely feel, Steve, that there is, you know, there's a reason why some of these guys aren't, as good as they should be or what we rebuild, you know, I can take into effect long-term COVID with some of these guys. Maybe Giolito didn't come back that right. And he's just eating it right now and doesn't feel himself. Maybe Yohan Mankata wasn't, you know, build up as yet. Like it, 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 he wasn't going to live up to what he was billed as. Maybe Eloy Jimenez is really suffering from some stuff and a, a, like a culmination of all these injuries have caused him to slow down a little bit. Maybe Luis Robert is sore, but guess what, Steve? At the same time, I see Jose Abreu standing at the plate in the batter's box if he's not on the field every single motherfucking day, every single day. 
And I thought he was the leader of, of all these guys and, and well-respected by, by some of these guys on the field. And I just think if there's one thing, and I mean, I'm going to get called out for this. If there's one thing that hasn't passed down from Jose Abreu to some of these other guys is just kind of that, like that toughness that be there every day because availability matters. Availability is one of the most key things. I mean, look at Kale Ribken Jr. Why do people respect him? Because he was a good baseball player and he was there every single fucking day in the batter's box playing baseball. Now, you can take some of these other injuries and say they're severe enough to keep you off the baseball field. You as a baseball player, no. Sometimes you you suffer something and you're never going to be the fucking same. But the nagging stuff, the ouchies, I'm not running to first base because I'm, I'm a little bit sore. When you start to hear some of that creep in, that's where I'm bothered by it. You're right. And the frustration comes into play because you have some of these guys on this team that are physical specimens. Johnny talks about this all the time that Luis Robert is an Under Armour mannequin. Should this really be happening with him? You know, Yohan Makata is a guy that should be, you know, in the peak physical portion of his life. And there's always some sort of soft tissue issue going on with him. Um, you know, I've had conversations with some of the physicians that I work with, just kind of, again, questioning some of the training method or not necessarily the training methodologies, but just what the team is doing from a, from a strength and conditioning standpoint. And then in turn, what the players are doing on their own, because there's a level of accountability that they have to take from a dietary and from a nutritional standpoint. And then the things that they're doing when they are away from the, the training facilities or when they're not in the trainer's room, you know, it's not just what you do there. It's what you do leading up to that, that ultimately is going to play a factor as well. So are these players holding themselves accountable and getting enough rest and, and eating properly and, and doing the things that they need to be doing? I can't answer those questions, but there's just a lot of things that make you call into question whether or not all of these things are, are being done. And it is very odd to me just that since Herm Schneider left and since Alan Thomas left, this whole thing has just gone to shit because it has been so well documented that when Herm Schneider was here, this was consistently year in and year out the healthiest team in the league. Yeah, and I don't know if you can go pin it all on like Herm Schneider was the guy that that kept it all together. Maybe some of it's just you've got a certain subset of players right now who are more injury prone. I know that we've heard that they're not injury prone. I don't know. There's a, there's a million factors that go into all of this. As a White Sox fan who sat through the rebuild, this is painful to watch. This is painful to watch. This is not the Super Bowl pen. This is not the lineup that I thought that we would have. Do you remember when we used to like in like 2018 tweet these things like, let's look back on this lineup in five years and laugh? I'm not laughing. I'm not I'm not I'm not having fun. I'm starting to compare the lineup from 28. Like I'm waiting for like, you know, like the the dates where I tweeted these things to be like, let's go back and laugh. And then you go look and it's like three guys up from triple A, and you know, like 
Johnny Cueto's starting for you. That's a really cool story. But like, you thought that that would be like a cool thing. Like, it, 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 it's just fucking embarrassing. And when they win, you get happy, and you just you just hope that they all come back together. I'm, I'm kind of in the same spot, Steve. I just needed to vent some of this out tonight because literally, you can't even go back there and retweet that stuff and be like, "Look how good we have it now." Because every day's a struggle. Every day's a struggle, just like it was back then. Except everything costs more. It costs more because they had a couple playoff runs, inflation, whatever, what have you. And now there's more pressure on it, so you get angrier after every single time they lose. That's why people are mad. It, it, it doesn't take much to add all that up. Steve, Sox lose 4 nothing tonight to the Baltimore Orioles. They weren't even able to scratch a run across. Johnny Cueto uh, went out there and gave it his all. Uh, you saw Reynaldo Lopez in this ball game. You saw Jimmy Lambert. You saw a couple of the other cast of characters. There's not much to write home about there because I feel like we've already given those reports day in, day out. Um, yeah, maybe I am mad online a little bit, Steve. Uh, this feels great. Uh, Sox are going to take on the Orioles again tomorrow. It's Friday night. There's going to be fireworks at the ballpark, whether the Sox win or lose. So that's fun. I might be there. I know you're going to be there. Uh, let's hope that, uh, the Sox don't get shut out for the second night in a row because all hell might break loose. You're, you're absolutely right. The natives will definitely be restless if the bats don't come out to play tomorrow. So let's hope that they are able to do that. Let's hope that they're able to elevate the baseball against Austin Voth, a guy that has struggled so far this season. Ball go far, team go far. Hit the ball out of the fucking ballpark. The, the formula is very simple. Michael hey, we Cole were there at a game this week where they did that and they won. Weird how that happened. Weird how when you out-homer your opponent, you win like 70% of the baseball games you play. Steve likes home runs. I do too. Steve, Hashtag confirmed. Steve, what do we got for the pitching matchup tomorrow? Let's let the people know. Michael Kopech, back on the mound after the start in Houston uh, this past Sunday. You know, didn't have his best stuff that night by by all indications. Um, you know, lost largely thanks to two Mickey Mouse home runs that we talked about ad nauseum on it. But go out there, establish fastball command, work ahead early, often. When he does that, he is successful and he has been one of the best pitchers in the American League this year. So get strike one early, use that high elevated fastball to put guys away, and then combine that with that hard biting slider, and good things are gonna happen. Again, this is a an Orioles lineup that I think some people within the fan base have been sleeping on a little bit and just assuming that these four games were going to be a little bit of a cakewalk. That's not the case. This team can hit the baseball, and they can hit the baseball out of the ballpark. So Kopech, keep the ball in the yard tomorrow. Somebody on this team, for the love of God, hit the ball over the fucking fencing that they set up prior to the game tomorrow. I'm begging you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you, Steve. Thanks for breaking down uh, the the starting uh, pitcher for tomorrow. I, I'm excited to see Kopech go after his start against Houston. I think he he had a, he had a lot of accountability after his last start, uh, meeting the press and, and talking about some of that stuff. So I, I'm excited to see what he's got in store for tomorrow. I think the Orioles are definitely like a lineup that. Yeah, they've got some power, but if Michael Kopech is on, 
they're going to have some problems with him. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does tomorrow. It'll be interesting. Uh, Steve, that said, you want somebody to hit the ball over the fence tomorrow, which I think is important. I think we've talked about it just a couple of times here. Who are you going with for your pick to click? Who do you want to hit the ball over the fence tomorrow? Who do you want to set the tone? tomorrow's ball listen that's that's what we in the business like to call a nice segue right there so thank you for that counselor there's one man that will hashtag set the tone for the white Sox because he always does number seven ta he's gonna have the launch codes tomorrow he's put one in the fucking bleachers watch out so this this was this was an interesting topic that you get into because i was having a discussion uh, you know, with, with the wife and she said that it just feels like it's been a long time since Tim Anderson has done something to like be flashy. And so I wanted to get into this with you and I'm glad you took Tim Anderson as your pick to click tomorrow to set the tone guy, but it does feel like Tim Anderson. It's been a while since he's done anything flashy. I know you had some, some dust up with Josh Donaldson. I don't think that was flashy. But the White Sox do tend to run a lot of their marketing around Tim Anderson, change the game, the excitement. I'm seeing a lot of just, you know, slap the ball single to right field, slap the ball single to right field. Well, he also was out for three weeks. He was out for three weeks. I know, so there's some, there's some, some time there. But it's been a while since Tim Anderson has left the yard and made a big deal about it. Yeah, listen, I think the last home run he hit was in Yankee Stadium when he uh, told all those – morons in the Bronx to shut the fuck up. Yeah, love to see that. So yeah, I think tomorrow would be a great opportunity and great timing for TA to go out there and hashtag set the tone. And no, that and that's what I want. I want I want it to be I want it to be flashy. I want it to be flashy, Steve. I, I'm gonna have to go with I mean if 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 he's in the lineup, welcome back to Gavin Sheets. He he roped one into right field today. I want to see the bat play it just is what it is. It just feels right. Friday night, Gavin Sheets, send it off. Fireworks for both in the house, Steve. It'll just be so poetic and magical, and I'll just have so much fun with that because I need to see more fireworks from Gavin Sheets this year. He promised it to me for my birthday, and I'm, I just it hasn't lived up to the promise yet, so hopefully we're going to start some good things tomorrow, Gavin. You're hitting one out of the ballpark, and we're going to be happy about it. Yeah, I mean, I hear you generally don't want to make a promise to your dad and then and then not follow through on it. I'm just saying. I mean, this is we're 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 getting the, the, the I'm looking at my watch. I don't even have a watch on, but I'm looking at my watch, and it's time for more Gavin Sheets fireworks, so we can talk about them on this show, and I could be happy about it. Maybe I get to put the sunglasses back on, and we have a good time here instead of getting mad online on Thursday night. Steve, thanks for hopping on here with me this was excellent to just you know vent out the frustrations of a night where the offense didn't show up and the Sox lost to the Baltimore Orioles by a score of four nothing I can't believe it once again though I think that the Baltimore Orioles defense showed up tonight they really Mm -hmm. gave you as a baseball fan uh, a real good display of what it's like to have what you don't have first baseman playing in the corner outfield spots yes they definitely did that and, 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 again, that's nothing against Gavin Sheets or Andrew Vaughn. I love both of those players. But the roster construction just a little bit different out in uh, out in Baltimore. Steve, always fun talking White Sox baseball. 
whether they win or lose with you. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. And I hope everybody who tuned in uh, got to uh, experience me getting mad online for maybe the second or third time uh, this season. Be sure you're tuning in to Socks on Tap. You can follow us at Socks on Tap on Twitter, myself at Tony on Tap, my partner over here at NWI underscore Steve, hashtag Southside Clown Show. I think we're kind of in that status, especially after tonight, so that's very fitting. Uh, you can follow the show at Socks on Tap, follow on Tap Sportsnet at on Tap Sportsnet. Subscribe to the YouTube, hop in here, comment, have fun with us, drop us things that'll make us laugh or you know, be happy about, maybe throw some stats in here. We love discussing these White Sox games with everybody. Steve, that's really all I've got for tonight. I've got a, a date with Budweiser because um, I need to drink this one away. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. <laughs>